Well, our moms think we're funny. Oh, is, is that is that like Leonard Nimoy with huge ears? <laughs> he looks like Uncle Creepy from Creepy Magazine. It looks like a knockoff of uh, Wayne Newton and Leonard Nimoy. Like, <laughs> like, like I want their B movie equivalents. <laughs> I'm sorry for people that uh, that don't know what we're talking about. Uh, oh, hey. Uh, hey, it's Turk 22. And I'm a Comey. What's up, everybody? <laughs> so, um, hey, welcome to our podcast. Um, you know, I don't really need to, I, I can't, there's no point in me saying as usual because it's, but anyway, so right now we have, uh, in the background where we're doing our podcast, uh, the movie Sugar Hill. Not the really cool movie Sugar Hill with Ernie Hudson and Abe Bogota and Wesley Snipes. Uh, this is a 1974 movie that's on Comet called Sugar Hill. Uh, it says, uh, Baron Samadhi summons the undead with voodoo to help a woman fight killer gangsters. And we just saw the, 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 uh, the undead, so the zombies that were summoned by voodoo, and they were covered in cobwebs for some reason. I'm not quite sure. I mean, I guess you wouldn't dust your zombies off before, like, yeah, it was like, oh, brought back to life. Let's get you guys all cleaned up there and, uh, yeah, but, uh, but anyways, there's a scene there with these two guys there, and of course it's in the 70s, so everyone just looks all 70s cheesy, and I tell you, the afros in this movie are huge. Incredible. All the black guys look like they're wearing, like, the helmets from Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this guy has his tie tucked into his <coughs> pants, because that's a good look. Oh, look at how wide that knot is, too. Oh yeah, it's a really wide tie. And is she attractive? I can't tell. The screen's too grainy. I was going to say, dude, that thing is shot through so much haze. Yeah, this is... Like, they, they basically... Like, their film reel was just pure fuzz. Oh, my God. Look at that furniture. <laughs> the, the the pattern. This, like, weird black and white and gray stripe pattern. And then, the, the pillows he has on the sofa are blue and yellow. <laughs> they don't match anything. Not at all. Wow, that was a fake smile. Oh, yeah, anyway, this is not a let's watch. No, it's not, but oh my goodness, this is so horrible. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> and I think my mommy's still in that sofa. <laughs> I'm just I, saying. I actually like that pattern. That that like white to black gradient, that that's cool. It actually makes it look 3D-ish, but it's not. Okay, so the woman that he's talking with, the one that's like shot through the haze, why is she she's so shiny? Her face is just super shiny. She is very shiny. She's reflecting everything in that room. She's incredibly shiny. Uh, oh, so, uh, you know you gave me those uh, Japanese nudie magazines? Which I believe one was uh, one of those was like Picasso magazine? Dr. Picasso magazine? Uh, like those that? were Japanese uh, culture magazines. Oh, culture magazines, yeah. Japanese there was a lot of nudity magazines. in them for being culture magazines. Okay, I'm going to say this, right? <laughs> First off, there wasn't a lot of nudity in those magazines. Because those magazines were at least 300 pages right yeah that's that's <laughs> so, true so there was and i think like five percent of that had some nudity in it <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair okay i mean it's not like they were like the equivalent of playboys or anything but yeah there was there was a good portion of nudity in them but uh i, I bring it up because there was a section on adult videos in one of them that was dedicated to fetish stuff so like there was there was leather there was uh, chicks painted gold. I love gold. <laughs> there was, uh, what was it called? Like, wet and messy, where they were, like, either covered in paint or mud. That was kind of gross. Uh, 
There's a section of videos dedicated to women with their heads shaved. And, and my favorite, because this is Japanese and they wrote it in uh, not the best English, it was Jiamtism. Jiamtism. Yeah, with an M instead of an N. So that was pretty funny. And they had the movie poster for Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. <laughs> Jiamtism. Jiamtism. So... Next time I go to Jersey Mike's, we're going to say, uh, how do you want that? Do you want that regular or Jiam? I'll take the Jiam. <laughs> <laughs> it, it made me happy. That brought a big smile to my face. And the other one, which, I mean, these titles are in Japanese, so I don't, I don't know the titles specifically, but the, the other one that had, like, fewer issues, every time they were introducing, like, their cover model or whatever, or just their model for the month, they would always do some kind of weird-ass poem, but they would write it out in English. I love those things. I would get a collection of those poems. <laughs> because it's just like... Behold, Earth Angel. She smile, make smile me. I love her and will love her long time. Earth Angel. It's <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, that is that is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to like transcribe those and actually like read those things on the podcast. They're they're great. So I got those uh, back when I used to work at a comic book store, and they were. They were advertised in uh, like previews and the Japanese section. It's like here's Japanese magazines. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and I'm thinking like they're gonna have like Gundams and shit in them too, right? Which right. they do. Yeah, okay. but they, I, they always have a video game section. And but there's very little. Like there'll be like a page filled with nothing but Japanese text <laughs> and and like all these little boxes. It, it, <laughs> I'm like, it, it's so much stuff on a page. I'm like, I don't understand. And then, of course, the magazine's 300 pages long. So, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. I'm like, I, you cram so much stuff in here. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. And uh. It's funny because there will be like pages and pages and pages of photographs. And then there will be like a two page section reviewing like that month's release of video games. So I saw that they had an article written up of like Virtual Fighter 98. <laughs> <laughs> And, and then there will be, like, a section on, like, anime and manga with, like, at the, at the back of that section, there's, like, hentai. <laughs> it's, just, it's great. Those magazines are so entertaining. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, no, we, we have to do a live reading of some of those poems because those are incredible. <sighs> so, um, what are we, what are we talking about today? Uh, so today we are going to talk about reboots. Uh, we've, we've come across and seen a lot of franchises being rebooted over the years, and uh, our discussion recently has been, you know, what, what would happen if you needed to reboot a franchise? If just like the president of Hollywood or whatever just hit you up and was like, hey, here, here's your franchise, uh, shit, I don't, I don't know, just like, t take your pick, um... I'm, I'm totally blanking on a franchise because I don't watch a lot of movies. The Conjuring, you're like, let's say you were... more zombies with coverage in <laughs> Instagram cobwebs. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, they haven't been moving much lately. I like those those eyes. <laughs> They're going to feed them to pigs. That's awesome. Um, look at those those drawn-on muscles, I was going to say, I was going to mention that. <laughs> uh, 
Jeez, we should be doing a let's watch of this. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, let's just say like a, a franchise uh, guy just hit you up and was like, hey, you know, I've chosen you to reboot The Conjuring or something like that. Okay. And uh, I don't have a specific franchise in mind for you right now. I don't, I'm sure you probably don't have one for me right at the moment, but I figured we could just come up with one, throw it at each other, see what you come up with on the fly. So I will say this. Uh, I'm not really I'm not really big into uh, you know, the reboots. I do, I do understand that some movies have to have like a reboot or a restart or something like that mm-hmm. because, like, for I, I think I bring this up all the time when I talk about them, but the uh, the original Lethal Weapon, the first Lethal Weapon movie, it really is a very dated movie because there's a part where Danny Glover's character goes to make a phone call, yeah. and he he stops the car and he goes to call uh, Mel Gibson's psychiatrist. Uh, in the movie, not his actual psychiatrist, where he's like running, ah, sugar tits, and he's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't think this guy should be on the force. Uh, and he gets out of the car. Jews, am I right? <laughs> Jews! <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, brother? And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, racist, Willie Gibbons. He's like, maybe we can have you deported back to Australia. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, take River Wilson with you. Um, <laughs> no. God, please do. <laughs> uh, well, you know who you have to blame for that, right? Uh, no. You don't? No. Nah. Really? Really, yeah. I don't I don't keep up with that stuff, man. So, Rebel Wilson kind of got her start by winning a, like, a talent, like, a uh, scholarship kind of, like, intern program thing that was, uh, uh, shit, I'm trying to think of her name now. That was put on by Tom Cruise's ex-wife, uh, Nicole Kidman. Oh yeah, yeah. I like Nicole Kidman. Yeah. So, and her and her her Australian husband that sings country music. How, how does that how does that work? <laughs> I mean, his the uh, yo, yo is he does he sing songs about like roping kangaroos and stuff and like oh, dingoes eating babies? I mean, what? <laughs> I don't, what I would pay good money to hear a country song about that. <laughs> is he like singing songs about, you know, building a wall to keep the aborigines out? I mean, what is he? <laughs> I, just... I said, I'll pay for the wall, Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> and it's his... his thing goes in and the aborigines out. <laughs> and it's his number one seller. That's not a knife. <laughs> you're coming at me with a whole bunch of strife but look at that boy that ain't that <laughs> oh my goodness his first album would just be called drop bear <laughs> i come from a land of killers and liars and we were nothing more than an island of prisons and <laughs> I, that almost sounds more like an Irish sand shanty. <laughs> and then someone said, hey, we need people for America. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> but unlike those ninjas, you get to ride on up top. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Damn you, Rebel Wilson, Jonah Hill. <laughs> 
Wow. Oh, man. Anyway. Um, so, uh, so reboots. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of reboots either. Like, I, I've seen some remakes that I really like, like the Dawn of the Dead remake. Right. I, th- I think that's really good. Um, oh, I was making a point about Lethal Weapon and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so, Danny W. gets out of the car, but he has an old, like, 1980s cell phone. Right. Which is like that big kind of like, not the Zach Morris brick, but it's like a little slimmer. Right. But it has one of those big, like, curly Q pigtail cords. <laughs> and he has what looks like a military ammo box. Mm-hmm. Right. That's actually the battery to the phone. And he gets out of the car, <laughs> carrying the battery in one hand and with the phone in the other to make the call. I really want a phone like that. And I'm like, yeah. People watching that movie nowadays be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> It's like, holy shit, has he got a bomb? Is he going to blow up Mel Gibson? <laughs> it's like, oh, no, it's a, it's a cell phone back from 82 when people were like, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like the tricorder of the future. you know. <laughs> so, so in some places like that, I'm like, yeah, they have to be kind of updated or something. Right, right. But you don't want to re- like, reboot the thing just for that. That's a one small thing yeah, in the movie. But I'm also not a fan of like taking the E.T. approach. And it's like... They they all have walkie talkies now. Guns? What? But he, I will say this, he did put that back. Yeah, which I'm glad he did. But that's because he also realized that's really not the best approach to things. Yeah. So I I, I don't know. I think I think it's okay for stuff to be dated in a lot of ways. So I mean, it's it's interesting to approach this challenge of you know supposing you had to reboot a franchise and like because neither of us really are fans of reboots. <clears throat> so I I think it might. Provide a different insight for us. Well, I will say this: uh, if you're gonna, I think if you're gonna reboot something, or remake it, or uh, what's the other thing that they say? There's the reboot and the like. Uh, well, I guess remake reboot is now the re remake. Um, what's yeah, that thing yeah. that they say? Like it's a re- refresh a franchise or whatever. Like the new Shaft that came out. Um, it's not a reboot of so the. Shaft with Sam Jackson was not a reboot of the original Shaft. It was more of like a, um, like a... Oh, oh, oh. Uh, as Spike Lee put it, it's a reinterpretation. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is, this is uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like to, to re-spark. I forget the, the word they used, something like that. Yeah, revitalize, no, I, rejuvenate, you know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I just don't know what it's called. Uh, anyway, and so oh, the geez. Sam Jackson one... Keeps the she's the evil chick that's uh, that's making the zombies. That's okay. Uh, I do. Uh, maybe not now. Well, not now, but plus I'm sorry. She's gonna get rid of that afro. She's she's got to. Uh, yeah. Okay. You, can't, you can't run your hands through that. Your shit would get all locked up in there. <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not trying to be like racist. I'm just saying. I mean, it's an afro. It's 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 <laughs> it's just not how that works, yo. Um. But anyway. Uh. It's Sam Jackson is like, oh, hey, I'm the son or nephew or whatever of the original Shaft. Yeah. But yeah. now you've got this new Shaft that came out this year, which just looked bad from the word go. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, now it's his son or whatever that is now coming into the family, the Shaft family line, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm like, ah, yeah. What, first off, it's been like 10, 15 years since like the Sam Jackson Shaft came out. And like, who asked for this? And... Like, who really needs it? Uh, that, I'm like, eh, yeah, that, no, I don't, well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But if he takes a movie like uh, The Crazies. Okay. The original one, I think it was decent. I've never seen it. But from what I've heard, it was 
a movie that had potential to be good. It just wasn't. It just wasn't done very well. They didn't right, really, right. you know, you know, kind of use that potential, and capitalize on it. So you take that and you take and you say, okay, I am going to, you know, take that and, you know, and really make it what it's supposed to be. Right, I'm all yeah. for that. Yeah, especially if it's like the original creative team. I I feel okay about that because like I've redrawn comic pages in the past, you know. So. Uh, I, I think there's that. Like, I, I remember, I, I actually enjoyed the remake of The Hills Have Eyes. And, uh, I, it's been too long, I don't really remember how it compares to the original, but... Whenever I, I hear that, I always think of, I always expect to go, The Hills Have Eyes, with the, the sound, sound of music. music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's some things that, no matter what, you just can't remake. And... Like it's it's kind of like you hit this area of stepping into into hallowed ground of like I'm not touching that, and even if somebody was like you know here here's a budget of like you know however many million here here's what you stand to make off of doing a remake of this. There's certain areas where it would just be like you know I can't do that as a creative personality. I just can't do right. that. Such as the Wizard of Oz. You know, I mean, people have, like, reimagined different things from the Wizard of Oz universe, but nobody's ever remade that original first movie. Because it's just, it's too pure, I guess. So you've got people who've, like, remade stuff like Return to Oz. You have, like, oh, how, how did the wizard originally get into Oz? You have all these that different movie is things. horrible. Yeah, oh I, haven't, I haven't watched it. I heard it was bad. But, like, you know, people just don't fuck with the original Wizard of Oz because that's just a thing where, where, you know, there'd be rioting in the streets. You would piss off too many people, and there's absolutely no way that you can make enough people happy. You know, and I, what I think is funny about that is that the original, like, Oz deviates from the book so much mm-hmm. that you don't even have a good uh, interpretation of the book. Right, right. But you can't make one because... That version is so classic now. Yeah. You try to do anything else, people would compare, be like, "Oh no, that's not really. This is more like the book." Well, fuck the book, right? You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's just you. You just don't mess with that. And you know, I feel like a lot of stuff that's done by like uh, more of the independent creator types, like Tarantino or Rodriguez. Like I, I wouldn't be comfortable trying to reinterpret any of their stuff or reboot any of their stuff. So, so I don't know. Like I, I really don't know how I would how I would handle a lot of that, which what I'm hoping here is that you can present some stuff for me to try to reboot and I'll present some stuff for you to try to reboot. But, uh, I came into this really unprepared and I'm not sure what I want to throw your way first. Okay. So, um, so am I, am am I actually being like sincere about this or am I, uh, or when I, or am I trying to like give you something be like, Hey, um, I want you to, Remake North by Northwest and make it better. You that's know? that's up to you. <laughs> now, granted, I haven't seen something like North by Northwest, so but it's Hitchcock. Hitchcock, though. So I mean, uh, well, do you really think you can you know make better on that? Uh, in that case, I wouldn't. You see, you get you get into iffy stuff because, like, to maintain a copyright, you have to be at least forty percent different from your source material. But you know, something like that, I wouldn't feel right changing too much about. Um, about Hitchcock's script. I think his scripts hold up really well. But so much of his cinematography is built around the uh, the storyboard stage, too. 
So I also don't feel like I could bring too much new to the table with the storyboarding either. But then you also have reboots like the Omen remake. And that was like a shot-for-shot remake. They used the exact same camera angles a huge portion of the time, and they changed very, very little about it. Well, they did the same thing um, with the the remake of uh, Psycho. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was I mean they they actually had the movie like on set. They, they had like a, a TV there, and like, okay, this is what this next scene is going to look like here. Yeah, yeah. and it's kind of like how uh, when they did the Lone Wolf and Cub films, they would just use the manga as their storyboards. My daddy was the greatest samurai ever. <laughs> he was... Uh, sorry. <laughs> kill Bill's been coming on TV all the time. And so... Well, the, God, that woman's going to kill the dog. The, the Lone Wolf and Cub is uh, is the movie that I got the t-shirt from yeah, at yeah. Yukon. And that's the one that... You know, yeah. Can we watch Shogun Assassin? It's like, <laughs> no, BB. Shogun Assassin's too long. No, it's not. You know? Yeah. I, I like Lone Wolf and Cub. So. And I like Zadoichi. Speaking of which, I've got Lone Wolf and Cub down there. Yeah. I got those mini ones uh, when they were re-releasing them on Dark Horse. They yeah. have uh, Frank Miller covers. Oh, nice. Yeah. I never knew there was Frank Miller covers, but that's fitting because uh, Ronan. So, um... Uh, but yeah, so... Um, okay. I'm shit, let me, that. Let, me, let me think here. I'm just going to pull something out of my ass here. Just something that's like kind of timeless for me. I'm going to say that uh, a big shot Hollywood producer has approached you to remake Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Okay, so Mrs. Doubtfire is based off of a novel. Um, um, it is. I'm not familiar with the novel, though. I never read it. I, I'm not either, but I know it's based off of a novel. So, so basically, my thought here with this challenge is, as you approach a reboot, what are you going to keep the same from the source material, and what are you going to change or try to make better? Whether what? it's change for change's sake, or whether it's, like... You know, I, I legitimately can do better on this. All right. Well, okay. So first off, <clears throat> um, if uh, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna remake Mrs. Doubtfire, okay. Um. So let's talk about um, let's talk about uh, Aladdin. And the reason I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Aladdin is it's got to get some context for for this. When Disney was like, we're going to make a live action version of Aladdin, right? And by the way, you know, you know, Disney's making live action versions of everything. Well, quote unquote, quote unquote, action. right. Because Lion King, they're doing Lady and the Tramp. They already have like a teaser trailer off of that. <laughs> Fuck me. Now, I'm already not on board with that whole thing anyway. And it kind of fits in line with it because these aren't reboots. Right. They're, right. they're actually just. They're reinterpretations. Right. They are. They're, <laughs> they're, 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 they're not even really loose reinterpretations. They're, they're, and not even reimaginings. They're they're just entirely different things to an extent because they're using the same script and some things and the same well, songs. They they use the same beats. That's really it. Right. They follow the same beat sheet, but that's about it. And yeah, they do they do utilize think, the same songs. I think but. Lion King is is pretty much very very close to the original movie. Um, I couldn't bring myself to watch it. It just looks I'm, too ugly. I'm not watching it. Yeah. But the except I'm not I'm not on board with any thing at all. But the this thing is fat Albert sweater. <laughs> wow! Look at those look at those collars in that outfit. That is just not okay. Where's Rudy? <laughs> oh, look at those cuffs. <laughs> those are awesome. Oh, so uh, but I heard that they are doing a quote unquote live action version of Lilo and Stitch. 
And I was like, I was like, what fuck, the hell? Fuck you. No, no, no. I love Lilo and Stitch. And we, like, I don't need to see some CGI, like, stitching. Who are you going to get to play, like, Lilo? Who are you going to mm-hmm. get to play Nani? No, who are you going to bring get to play in David? I said, no, you can't. They've been bringing in new talent for all these things. And, and I mean, to me, if you do that, not that I'm going to watch anywhere still, but Ving Rames has to play Cobra Bubbles. You can't yeah, get anyone yeah. else to do that. <laughs> and plus, he he pretty much is that character. I mean, he looks almost like him. Oh yeah, yeah. They, uh, he was totally based off him, of like so, in appearance as well. Right. So, um, and then the voices are gonna suck. Oh yeah. god, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not gonna find somebody who can do Stitch, right? What concerns me is that we're not far from them trying to do a live action, quote unquote, remake of Robin Hood. Oh God! As, as if the cast movie isn't bad enough, man. Mm-hmm. It's like hey, mm-hmm. we're just gonna have to give the furries legitimacy. Oh, that is the darkest ass bar. Holy that shit! That is a really dark bar. Yeah, no, that's I. I totally feel that coming. And holy shit! Like Robin Hood kicked off the furry movement in a lot of ways, and Zootopia kept the furry movement going stronger than ever. We're not. We're not far from that. I don't think. I could be wrong. Maybe they'll never remake it, but I just I see that coming, and I see a lot of people beating meat to Maid Miriam. Uh, I, I okay. Here's a, the one that I'm just like ugh about. Well, no, I should say if they remake, uh, well, they already remade the Sorcerer's Apprentice, um, mm-hmm. Sword and Stone. I think I'd be okay with the Sword and Stone live action. Uh, it would have to be like. I don't know. That that would be a tough one because that one's very near and dear to my heart. I think Merlin is one of the best like wizard designs I've ever seen outside of uh, Rolf Bakshi's wizards, and uh, I, I think Madame Mim is one of my favorite like villain designs. She's fantastic. I, I love that character design. So that that's a tough one. I I've loved Sword in the Stone for a long time. I guess the reason I say this is because with the with that there's not is there's not as much like. S- animation i mean look what the characters aren't don't exist solely in animation you can yeah, take yeah. them and make them live action yeah yeah because like that that's that's definitely got a very strong cultural presence outside of the film so i get what you're saying there but okay so so let's look at um and which one am I doing? Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay. Yeah. So I, I brought up the 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 uh, Aladdin thing because the first thing people said was like, "Oh, they're going to make a, a live action version of Aladdin." And you know, after people was like, "Why?" Then the second <laughs> thing they said was, "Who who's going to play the genie?" And they were like, right. "Will Smith." And they were like, "No, seriously, who's going to play the genie?" <laughs> right. <laughs> and you're like, "Will Smith." And like, Snape, how dare you stand where he stood? <laughs> So it's like, yeah, no. And that's what I have to think about in that is like, okay, who's going to play, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire? Right. Because the first thing people are going to say is, that's not Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. Just like, you know, the genie. That's not Robin Williams. And you're right. It's not Robin Williams. It's a tough one. (laughs) How do I do that and and still keep the what makes the character uh, entertaining Mm -hmm. and interesting? Yeah, without yeah. Rob and without trying to like have someone pretend to be Robin Williams because that, right. that's that's even worse. Well, it's the same thing we've talked about with the Joker is you can't just do that. 
you can't go into that and be like, oh yeah, that's that's a great take on Mark Hamill's Jokers. You have to make it your own thing in as big a way as possible. So in order for me to do that, I would have to I would have to say, okay, um, who who's going to play that role? Because mm-hmm. that's going to determine how I'm going to write that movie. Who's going to play that role? Now, it would be interesting to say, oh, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to take that and uh, maybe we're going to change the race, make it you know like a uh, like make it a, a a black family. Right, right. right. But then that's just Big Mama's house. <laughs> I mean, really, that's we, we've we've done that before. <laughs> oh, Mr. Doubtfire, look at the little kitties there. Oh, you're going to do your homework for Mr. Doubtfire, ain't you? Yeah, just Boy, my situation ass down did that homework. It's not Martin Lawrence. I mean, oh, my. Yeah, yeah I'm just picturing Medea. Mm. That's, yeah. It's okay to cross-dress for the Lord, baby child. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite uh, work memories, was, was calling Medea the cross-dresser for Christ and just seeing my co-worker's face fall. Like, oh yeah, that's what he's doing, isn't it? <laughs> so, so I, I have to figure out, like, who's going to play that role? Yeah. Who's going who's gonna to play that role? And how am I, how am I going to do it? Um, See, I was just spitballing. I didn't mean to give you such a hard one. Well, I'm, I'm saying, and I think that would be, before I could go any further, that would have to be the thing I'd have to ta- tackle is, who's going to be that role? Because then I'm going to write, and I, there's no guarantee I'm going to get that person, but at least mm-hmm. that helps me shape the character. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just thinking, like, in an idealized world, we would just assume that you could get this character. Yeah. I got it. Okay. Okay, so I got it. This is what I would do. So, in Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, he is a actor. Right. Uh, he, well, he's a voice actor, but, you know, most voice actors are actors. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. that's really what you're doing. In some cases, you may even say it's harder to act because you're using just your voice and you're expecting them to, you know, do all the facial stuff for the character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll let, you know, voice actors, you know, fight their own battles on that one. Um, so, he's an actor. You know, old thing with, it, with, his, with his relationship. And uh, he wants to see his kids, so he goes to his brother or cousin or whatever yeah, Harvey Firestein brother yeah okay and who does makeup <laughs> uh, for people who don't know the movie um and they go through a bunch of different uh, like looks for it and he makes up the makeup and the suit or whatever and then he's like hello and Mrs. Doubtfire um and uh and everyone's fooled I think I think the youngest girl, the da- the youngest daughter, isn't entirely fooled. No, she's like she's the last to find out. Is she? Yeah. Okay. It's been a while since I've seen it. All I just remember is that was like a- James Bond just wouldn't yeah. like. Just- <laughs> Poor Robin Williams having to compete against fucking Pierce Brosnan. I mean, right. <laughs> doesn't stand a chance. But yeah, no, that I'll was, find uh, out what she's up to. We know if I have to sleep with her. Because- <laughs> That'll teach her. But yeah, no, that, that youngest daughter, she was the same girl who played Matilda. She's incredibly talented. Yeah, she hasn't done anything in a while. She she dropped out of acting. It's uh, There's like articles written on it. Oh, yeah, she took a look at Macaulay Culkin and was like, <laughs> nope, nope, I'm just going to go ahead and stop well, right now. Like, her mom died of cancer while she was filming Matilda. Oh. So it was pretty much just like, you know, this this was a fun childhood thing, but I'm going to kind of try to divorce from it. She does, still does some minor stuff. Like, she did some voice acting on the Welcome to Night Vale podcast, stuff like that. But, yeah, she's she's kind of out of the whole Hollywood scene now. Yeah. I mean, it's probably kind of frightening for her, too, because, you know, you know she's making Matilda, 
And she's like, you know, I can't wait till I grow up and be an adult and I'm big and tall. And she looks over at Danny DeVito and Rhea Parma. And she's like, oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Danny DeVito was a fucking saint for her during the whole Matilda thing. Because her mom was sick, he he took care of her. And well, I'm just talking about, her. you know, she's a young girl. And she's like, when I grow up and be big and tall, <laughs> realizing that <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm already taller than Danny DeVito. <laughs> Now, um, now, reading about what all Danny DeVito did during the filming of Matilda made him a hero in my eyes. I, I love the man. I like Danny DeVito. Uh, but, so this is what I would do. I would take it the opposite way. And this is kind of sad because I have to go so far probably from the book right. in order to make the movie special. Right. But I would make Mrs. Doubtfire not believable at all. Like, when she <laughs> shows up, they, no one believes that this is a person. It's like, oh my god, is that dad in drag? Right? Um, See, and, and, I, I picture Charlie Day in this role now, but like he hasn't shaved the beard. He's like, "What? No, <laughs> it's me, your babysitter." <laughs> no, it's like, what well, you think I'm gonna just think? No, it's like, it's like uh, you're, you're forcing yourself. What do you mean I'm saying me? I sound feminist. What are you talking about? Uh, so, uh, so that's the thing. And so the 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 wife goes along with it. Okay. Right to see. Okay, what's your end game here? Because if nothing else, this is gonna be give me more fuel for the divorce. Right. 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 Like he has lost his ever loving mind. <laughs> but then she sees that he really is trying, and and the thing is, they start to kind of slip into because. Even though he thinks he's fooling them right. and he's being someone else, they start to like the other person that he's pretending to be. Right, And right. then, of course, it convinces him. It's like, oh, I could have been this person all along when you find out that they're not convinced. So the thing is, in the end, instead of him revealing themselves, him revealing himself to them, they uh-huh. reveal to him that we knew this whole time you weren't fooling us. Yeah. And okay. so that, and that makes the humor so much different because... Because now instead of you kind of playing along as he's joking everyone, you're now playing along with them. Yeah. And it's like everyone is now, like, he encounters, like, some people don't know. And they're like, what the fuck? Are you serious? <laughs> it's like, it's like, you I'm like, sir, you cannot go into that bathroom, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, and then they're, they're like, like, no, 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 it's okay. This is our, our babysitter. And, and she's, you know, she's a woman. And like, um, all right, kid. Okay. You know, and that that would make it like funnier. Yeah, yeah. It would be a whole new brand for it, and I think there would be enough of a divorce from the source material that people wouldn't do this whole. You know, that's not Robin Williams, right? So I, I think that would be a pretty safe, uh, a pretty safe approach to it. And and the person that he goes to. Um, to get the whole makeup thing. So I don't want it to be the whole professional because that's the, that we've right. supposed to look. I want it to be a very amateur job is that, um, he goes to like his, uh, I don't know, like, like his old like uh, acting teacher. I'll make him like a failed actor or something. Okay. Right? So he goes to his old acting teacher who was played by Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you not putting the makeup on? <laughs> it's like, you look good. You look good. I sleep with you. Come on, let's go to bed right now. I'll show you. You look good. <laughs> Keep the wig on. I like it when you wear the wig. I thought you said your wife was going to call. Why is she calling? <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, I guess before I, I toss my idea to you, we should probably break for a uh, for an ad. Yeah, I think and, so. Uh, and I'm sure it's going to be an ad for a wonderful reboot that's coming your way. Yeah, this summer. 
<laughs> Terror has a new name, but it's a name you've heard before, and it's not new at all. This time, Jason has a time machine. <laughs> Can't goes, go back in time. <laughs> he goes back to the past. How do we get Jason to kill Hitler? He's like, <laughs> we've got to find a way to get Hitler to hold one of his meetings at Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> oh my God, that's an awesome movie. That's Holy incredible. shit. <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> Here, Fiora, have some marijuana. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I think I feel. Oh, I want to watch this movie now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch Like, now everyone on the street. This like, is some good kush. Very good hands. <laughs> Friday, Thank you, Adolf. Friday the 13th SS. <laughs> <laughs> now let's discuss military strategy, Hans. Wait, Fiora. I've brought some girls onto the campsite. <laughs> I want to have sex with you. <laughs> yes, that sounds like a good time, Hans. <laughs> Jason bobs to the surface of the lake. Ooh. <laughs> oh, what are you hiding from in the bushes, Fräulein? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are in the in sleeping bag waiting for me. The sleeping like, bag. <laughs> <laughs> <A> tongue! <laughs> <laughs> in Germany he calls this Das Schliepenwagen oh, so so you're at, you're at a disadvantage now because I've actually come up with two reboots <laughs> at time <laughs> holy shit I want to see this movie <laughs> oh <laughs> Who is this filthy American wearing the hockey mask? In? <laughs> oh, that's that's almost as good as Rick James Frankenstein. <laughs> oh man, that's gonna be that's gonna be so awesome! Fuck your children, you fertile bitch! <laughs> you can have another. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh, we need to be hired. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Okay. And we're and we're back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have man. no idea when I'm gonna cut for the commercial break now. Yeah. <laughs> and we're back. So hi everybody. Those are some good products. Yeah, I like them. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So. So, what what franchise would you like to see me try to reboot? Mm. What franchise would I like to... Or, or franchise or a movie, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Franchise yeah, or a movie. It doesn't, doesn't have to be like a full franchise. Um, hmm. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, so the first thing that comes to mind would be Star Wars, because someone needs to do it right. Oh, jeez. But, um... No. I have that's, to think... Uh, big shoes to fill. <laughs> big shoes to fill. Big shoes. Sorry, it's, it's Simpsons when when uh, <laughs> when Sideshow Bob framed Krusty and there's the um, nothing at all, nothing at all, <laughs> nothing at all. Stupid sexy Flanders. <laughs> uh, let's see, what would I want to see you read? 
do? Um, hmm. Oh, it's tough. You, you kind of sprung this on me, so now I'm just like making noise, like filling time. Like, yes, <laughs> what? What would be a good movie for the cinema silver screen that would show in theaters and not on Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus streaming service, Amazon Prime, <laughs> Roku? And I just. <laughs> Um, okay, um, I, you know, I'm having a hard time really, really kind of thinking of an idea that, uh, okay, I'll give you one. All right. And you're probably going to be like, blasphemy, but, um, Blues Brothers. Oh, shit. <laughs> that would be a really hard one, because Dan Aykroyd's really old. Uh... And of course, John Belushi's dead. Shit. Um, okay. It's gonna it's gonna take me a minute here. So, I don't feel like I could change too much of the soundtrack. I feel like there might be a few songs that I could tweak here and there, and I might be able to add some songs to that soundtrack. But as far as the core stuff, like. You really can't get rid of uh, Can't Turn You Loose. You can't get rid of the Minnie the Moocher scene. And you can't get rid of the uh, yeah, Everybody but, Needs Somebody. But you don't have Cab Calloway or any of those people that play yeah, those roles. It would, it would have to be like really good cover performers. Just like they're doing with, uh, with Rocket Man or with Bohemian Rhapsody. You would have to just find people who can... I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do like these perfect impersonators, but I would want to find people who can do like kick ass good covers of it. Uh, as far as who I would get to play the role, that would be tough. Um, see, the issue is I just don't know people who have the kind of talent that can match with what the Blues Brothers originally did, and I don't know if I could ever find anybody who could bring that same energy to things that John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd did. So, it, it may be a matter similar to what you did with Mrs. Doubtfire of just kind of taking it in the exact opposite direction and maybe even bringing in a little air of irreverence to it. Because uh, I'm, I'm thinking maybe appeal to a different cult crowd here. And by that I mean a lot of people in my generation were kind of awakened, not not me, I was a fan of the Blues Brothers before this, but a lot of people in my generation were kind of awakened to the Blues Brothers by Drake and Josh doing their tribute to it. Really? Yeah, there was an episode where Drake and Josh go to the talent show and they do a cover of Soul Man, and it's pretty decent. It's not great, but it's decent. <sighs> um, and so a lot of people who I know who, when you bring up Blues Brothers, are like, oh yeah, I learned about it through Drake and Josh. Hmm. So... I never would have thought. Yeah. So, now I'm like, I learned about Beethoven from iCarly. Right. <laughs> I learned about Beethoven from Peanuts, so, you know. Uh, but yeah, no, like, it, it opens up with, uh, the episode opens up with Drake, like, watching the Blues Brothers movie, and he's like, I want to I want to do Soul Man for the talent show, so they do it. And, uh, like I said, it's, it's a decent cover. I mean, they're obviously both, like, really young, and they don't have, like, the same flair, but... I think bringing those two on to do a full Blues Brothers remake, that would kind of appeal to a different crowd, because you're going to have the original Blues Brothers fan saying, 
this is not Belushi and Aykroyd, which mm-hmm. is the same thing with Mrs. Doubtfire saying, you know, this is not Robin Williams. Right. But you would have this entire subsect of millennials going, oh, holy shit, it's Drake and Josh, and they're doing a full Blues Brothers movie. Now, obviously, you know, realistically, those two aren't going to be in a movie together. They had their big falling out because the one didn't invite the other to his wedding or whatever. Really? Yeah. I had yeah. no idea what their deal was because then I didn't really watch that show. Yeah. Um. So when Josh got married he didn't invite drake and drake was like i thought we were friends and then they hadn't spoken since oh you thought that huh right (laughs) it's like oh i'm sorry i thought we were co-workers fuck you buddy but uh but no again this is this is like idealistic world this is assuming i can get the people and i can talk them into it you know so from an idealistic standpoint i think that would work really well and here's why when Ackroyd and belushi came up with the blues brothers that was just a throwaway joke for snl they didn't think, oh, hey, we're going to start a legitimate band, we're going to do legitimately good music, and we're going to establish a fan base specifically for that, right. and then go on to make a movie. What they did was, oh, here's this here's this funny little throwaway thing that we're going to do one time and never think about it again. So it kind of maintains that same, uh, <clears throat> that same spirit in that they had this one episode where it's like, oh, we're going to do this tribute to Blues Brothers, and we're going to walk away from it and not think about it. But people really, really liked it, and it resonated with people. So now the next step would be, let's make it a legitimate band and make it into a movie. So that would be how I would approach that franchise. Okay. So I did have an idea. Okay. Um, so Blues Brothers 2000, um, and then plus, you know, you got a lot of the members of the Blues Brothers, the actual band, are, mm-hmm. you know, are no longer no longer with us. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so you... Um, you you start the movie off just like we did with the Blues Brothers 2000, where you know, the the we're picking up kind of years after the last one, right, right. <clears throat> and the the kid, the kid from Blues Brothers yeah, 2000, Buster. So, um, uh, Elwood is you know he's older and living like a like a blues retirement home, right? Right. Those are the kind of like blues artists and. Uh, and Buster shows up, and he's got like a bit of a beard, uh, kind of the whole ZZ Top looking thing, and uh, and he's looking for him, and he's like, you know, Buster, you know, where you been? Uh, I was like, I never never thought I'd see you again, and he's like, I'm here to to, to take over the name, the Blues Brothers name, hmm. and he's like, well, you know, geez, I thought you weren't interested. I mean, you know, because we did a thing, we toured around, and you just kind of disappeared. He's like, well. It's like I went to go and learn the blues. Mm-hmm. I went to learn the blues, you know, and all the the old the back clubs and this is like, yeah, you could have taught me the blues, but I felt like I needed to really learn it on my own and come right, into it right. the way you came into it, and to really get an appreciation for it. And he's like, well, since you didn't, you didn't you know, seem like you were interested. I kind of sold the name for you know the band, uh-huh. and so he's got to go and he's got to get the name. Okay. And so I was like, well, I sent it to wherever it is. And, uh, but if you could, you know, if you can, you'll get it, stop it, whatever. So then you basically kind of do the same thing that you've done in the other two movies because that's what Blues Brothers is. It's that whole road chase movie. Yep, yep. yep. And he's got to go. But then, of course, along the way, you know, uh, he has to, maybe he'll pick up some other members of the band. Because right now he just wants the name. Right. He doesn't right. have any band. He just has him and his guitar. Right. And, yeah. Um, and harmonica. And you know, he's uh, got to have the harmonica, right? And, and he so would, he would still have to wear like black sneakers with a suit, right? So he's he's got he's got to keep the whole thing. And though he he goes along in this whole chase where where they're going, he's going to get the name. Mm-hmm. The 
I don't want to make it a whole like son thing or whatever, but the the family of the uh, good old uh, boys, right? right? Whose whole thing was ruined because of the Blues Brothers, yeah, and they actually yeah. make an appearance in Blues Brothers 2000 as well. They own like a restaurant, Bob's Country Bunker. Right. It's like Bob's Country, like eatery, and <laughs> and uh, so it's like they're like you know those you know those Blues Brothers, you know, they cost us you know this, and he they learn maybe through the old the retirement home about the name mm-hmm. right being transferred. Like you know we can stop that that menace. Right. right, we can right. end that whole lineage of the blues and everything else by okay. getting that name ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So then they've got these people that are trying to stop them. Maybe not, may like not get the name for themselves, but maybe at least stop them from getting it. So right, you've got Buster right. on his way, trying to get wherever he needs to go. You know, and of course, and you know, got to perform somewhere to get gas money or right, whatever. Right. And he's got to pick up, you know, and of course he'll pick up members of his band along the way and that sort of thing okay. to get there. And then at the end, it's uh, kind of like the like the end of the uh, the second one where they have the um, the um, the battle of the bands where yeah, they yeah. have to compete with like BB King and uh, Edward Clapton and all that sort of thing. So, and then while well, even toss in just just because. Like, wait, they're not going to make it. They're two states away. They've got to be there the next day. Right. And, like, they're not going to make it. And then I'm going to toss in a Deus Ex Machina where uh, Erica Badu's character from the end of Blues Brothers 2000. Yeah. Like, she used her magical supernatural powers to whisk <laughs> them there okay. and, like, drop them off. So this know. this feels more like Blues Brothers 3 than it would be, like, a reboot to me. But, but it then, but it's a passing of the torch. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the, the best, the best way to do a reboot of sorts is okay. a passing of the torch. It's just to, it's to lay out the groundwork. Okay. And that, that way it feels more natural than, like, Oh hey, and it was like I, I you know, I bought this old firehouse in an auction and look at these proton packs in them. <laughs> we should be Ghostbusters. Yeah, you know? well that that's an example of a really bad reboot. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even know that's that's what that was. I'm just you know just tossing it out there. Right, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so okay, that could be something. That could be yeah. I, I like I like the premise. Yeah. Okay. So I have not thought of anything else that I want to toss your way yet. What? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, still trying to think here. I, I feel bad about having thrown Mrs. Doubtfire at you. Does that guy have a huge snake around his neck, or is just like is that like the pattern of his outfit? But again, all this time you guys have been alive, just dustbuster, just <laughs> uh, you know, a broom or something, it's just. Or even all the movement they've done, you think the cobwebs would have fallen off, or or do they just get fresh cobwebs? Or is like. Come here. Oh, my God. Look at you. Look at you. Looking all clean. (laughs) Honey, will you go in the back of that box of cobwebs? (laughs) Box of cobwebs. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Um, Shit. I I thought I had a pretty good one. Hold on. Um, They're only waiting. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. They're patient. Uh... Shit, I had a good one. Um, damn it. <laughs> just because you kept talking, it threw me off. Okay, I won't say anything else. I'll okay. Just, I'll just be quiet. Thanks, I appreciate it. Totally quiet. That's no, good. No talking from me. I'll just be like, I'm not even here. Okay. I'll be like, you be like, is, is Turk still here? I'm like, I don't know. He's, he's been so quiet. Okay, I'm just going to throw out Donnie Darko then. Donnie Darko. Yeah, I was thinking something a little older, a little more classic, like uh, maybe a 
maybe a Kurosawa film. But yeah, let's go with Donnie Darko because it's very trippy, very, very open to interpretation. Oh, man. I want to see how you would handle that. I'm not even sure if you could redo Donnie Darko. Because <laughs> hey, there's so much about that movie. I, the thing about Donnie Darko that makes it a good movie is that some people don't like it. They don't get it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, that's okay. I'm... I, so would you consider that an untouchable one in the same vein as like Tarantino's movies? I wouldn't say it's untouchable. I would say I would say that it doesn't need to be touched. There's nothing you can do to make that movie better. It doesn't I... need better special effects. It doesn't need like a script that, you know, is a little bit more easier for people to understand. It and it's not perfect, but it's perfect for what it is. It's perfect for that story. Yeah. I don't disagree, but then that kind of harkens back to what we were talking about at the beginning, where most things don't need a reboot. It's very rare that you can justify a reboot. Um, okay, so I'm going to reboot Dainé Darko. Um, yeah, I mean, I can, like I said, I can toss you a Kurosawa film if, if you'd rather that, but they, they've also been remade into westerns a lot of times, too. So. No, God, most of them have been. Um... Uh, uh, okay, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Um, um, so I think with Donnie Darko, what I would do is, um, in the end of Donnie Darko, uh, so throughout the whole thing, you know, he's trying to find the 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 find out what's going on in this, and and you know, then Frank keeps showing up, right? right. And uh, and and the whole thing, he's he's just kind of. Donnie's a like a, a misfit. He's an outcast, right? And uh, and he's a loner. So he makes a connection with Jenna Malone's character, and of course she gets killed. And I'm sorry for spoilers. Um, she gets killed, and uh, and then the end. He's like, oh, to make things to make things right, you know, I have to go back. This is how things should have been. And to make things right, I have to go back and and put things in place. And the thing is, when he lays in bed at the end, and he's got that smile on his face, like, oh, I'm going to put all these things right. Right, right. But throughout the movie, he doesn't really... He doesn't know that... Um, he doesn't know what's going on. It's like a whole mystery. Yeah, yeah. What I think I would do is I would change it a little bit to where... He finds out earlier on what's going on, okay, and uh, and kind of really kind of pieces things together, and it's like, oh, I should have died here, right? Yeah, and uh, and I should have died here, and in order for things to go right, you know, in order for things for to be to be okay, I have to go back and die. It's like, but I don't want to, right? Yeah, and that thing is like the the rest of the movie is him. Is him trying to figure out a way that he can still live, okay, and and make things better, or, and, and then in the end he just he resigns himself to say, you know what, this I'm I'm so busy worried about my living and me living, along with everybody. It's like I'm putting my life first, right, right, and I'm saying, but I also want my family to be okay. But really, if I want my family to be okay, then I have to put them first. Yeah. And then once he comes to that realization, then he does what he needs to do, and it's okay. So you either take that approach with it, or make it so that Donnie's not the one that died. Hmm. 
Okay. And so the whole time he's trying to save like that person, like his sister or his father, his mother, he's trying to save them. Um, and then in the end, he does realize that he's got to let him go. And it even goes to the point where he's like, well, what I'll do is say, let's, let's say we take the same events, right? Right, right. But the, the engine falls to their bedroom. And so when he gets up to the point, he's like, oh, um, hey, uh, he basically wants to say, like, hey, um, why don't you, why don't we switch bedrooms? You know, and, hmm. and you, I don't need this big room and then you'll need it. And I just need a, sm- a smaller room or whatever okay. to kind of and say, I'll take your place. But when he like starts to put those plans in motion, right, it still, it changes everything to where it's like, well, now you're going to die. But now that changes everything else. Right. So it right. doesn't make things any better. Okay. And the, and so he's got to go through that. And, yeah. and he's got to let go, but then he also has to be the only person in the end that lives with the knowledge that that the the future as it's laid out and everything that he gets after that point yeah. all came from the sacrifice of his family member, his loved one. Right, right. But it's not really a sacrifice because he's the one that had to sacrifice. They don't even know that it's going to happen. It's all him, and, he, and it's like he's and so even then he's everything that happens after that it's like he's like I've got to carry on or that that whole this means so much to me right because right. of you know this and and all that so you know it, I don't want to make, make an end where like he'll things like I had to kill my dad you know <laughs> but it's like you know like if, from this point on everything I do I'm gonna do to you know honor you and respect you because right. you know even though there was no other way you had no idea that what was going to happen and right, I right. had to do this. So now I'm going to do everything I can to say what I got from this. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. I like that. So I just got to say one thing about this movie. Yeah. Right? Um, this woman keeps going from the long straight hair to the big afro to the long straight hair. Um, I, I don't know which is her, her hair. That kind of looks like her hair. And I'm assuming the afro is maybe the wig. I don't know, but you're not going from a wig to like this long straight hair. And then the thing is, as long as her hair is there, her hair afro should be huge, right? And it's not even the same texture of hair. This is just like maybe bizarre. they're both wigs. That looks a little natural. Yeah, it could be a wig. Pretty, it looks pretty natural, yeah. But who knows? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. No, so it, it's interesting in both of your approaches. Like you're you're very much reimagining like the entire story at its core. And, like, you're keeping the, the same premise, but you're, like, basically, like, reinterpreting the beats. Um, like, my, my thing with the Blues Brothers is, like, reinterpreting the characters and stuff and reinterpreting what drives the characters, but kind of keeping the same story beats. Right. Like, I still imagine that, like, their, their driving motivation, maybe not necessarily to save an orphanage, because uh, that might be a little bit too similar, but I can still see them, like, trying to save their childhood home or something like that. Oh yeah, that works. Like actually keeping their parents around, that oh, kind of thing. You know what they could do is be raising money for like the like a like a local schools like a music program. Ah yeah yeah I it's see like, I can see that. It's like oh like the it's like well we've got they've got their like a uh, the the like the blues uh, like oh, for our music program we've got enough for the band stuff that performs at you know the football games yeah but yeah. the smaller like the blues thing. 
we don't have money for that, so we're going to have to cut that part out of the music yeah, program. Yeah. And they're like, well, we can come up with the money. And probably kind of bringing in like sort of a Karate Kid-esque thing where instead of it taking place in Chicago, it would be like they're in kind of this little podunk Okinawa? town. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> they're, they're in like kind of this little podunk town where they don't really fit in. And so that kind of brings in the good old boys as like, oh yeah, they're they're like the band that's really popular at school because they're like the country music guys, right? So they have to like they sort of have to awaken people to now this is this is what's cool is that kind of thing. But it would be like yeah, like revisiting their old high school. I can I can see that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that would work. All right, so you got one more for me. How are we on time? Uh, we're right at the hour mark, so I'll have to be quick on mine. Um, okay, so I'm just going to say this, because we're never quick when we say that. Um, <laughs> hey, ask our girlfriends. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, babe, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. <laughs> wait, wait, don't move. Don't move. Okay, a little more. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and just break for another ad. Sure. Uh, and uh, And then we'll come back, and I'll be able to present you with something good. Sounds good. Alright. Um, and check these things out. Okay. Alright, alright, alright. We're back. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. <laughs> hey, buddy. Welcome to the Chaos Theater. <laughs> uh, Diet Coke, am I right? <laughs> So you want to fight me for her? <laughs> was that not clear? I thought that was clear. <laughs> was that clear? Okay, so you seriously want me to reboot the Bear Winch franchise? <laughs> because... <laughs> no, here's the thing, though. I was hoping to God you were kidding about that. <laughs> here's the thing. I, I think this would be more challenging than anything else. Because we talked about yesterday. You have to be very careful with, with your, 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 your boob ratio. Because remember when we were when we were watching uh, it wasn't it wasn't Malibu Express. When we were watching, we we're like, like God, it's just it's too much. It's like too much boob right now. It's like I need some kind of story, even if it's a bad story in between. That and wasn't it, Malibu Express. Was it? It could have been. It might have been. Okay, it was cause because every like five minutes, it was like yeah, a new yeah. set of boobs. Yeah, because like it was it was like without even reason. Um. See, here's the thing: is I've never watched a TNA movie beginning to end like that outside of the Spy Who Sexed Me when we did that. Let's watch. Most of the time, I'm watching this stuff. I'm just like jumping around to the good stuff because I have a really short attention span. So I yeah, don't know if it's I'm... your attention span that's short. <laughs> you tell him, girlfriend. <laughs> Must your mother tell you everything? God. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know if I've gone oh, enough. You can quote the one Kevin Smith movie that you've seen. Yeah. Oh, bravo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I quote the one Kevin Smith movie that I've seen all the time. By the way, did you did you know that when uh, the church in Kevin Smith's hometown was protesting dogma, he showed up to the protest? <laughs> Uh, no, I did not. Yeah, he, he painted up his own sign about how evil the movie is, and he just stood with the protesters, and nobody caught on except for the news channel. I know that he was, uh, <laughs> when he made, uh, I, forget, I can't think of that one movie that he did, um, but he kind of got in touch with the people um, 
She was those people that do all the protesting. That one church. Oh, the Westboro Baptist yeah. Church. And I uh, was talking to some of those people, and he had a whole thing on uh, either his podcast or one of those things about it. And basically, got to he was like, he kind of took them as being like a joke or whatever. But then he was like, "Well, these people are really kind of scary." Um, yeah. <laughs> and they're, like, they're terrifying. Yeah. So anyway, interesting. But I think that like the the guy that the head of the church, like right before he died, he kind of like denounced all their actions, and they were like, "What?" Hey, something like that. I mean, I, know, I don't. I don't follow Westboro. Yeah, so. fuck them. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know. That, like his daughter has rejected the church and stepped away from it. But yeah, but no. Like the the news. The local news station was like one protester there bears a striking resemblance to the director of this film. So they go up and they interview him and they're like, "So why are you protesting this movie?" And he's like, "I just. I don't think it stands for something good." And they're like, well, "What does it stand for?" He's like, "I don't know. I haven't seen it, but whatever it is, it's not good." <laughs> So I did buy my my, my brother a uh, Buddy Christ action figure. Okay, and he is Catholic, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm I, I'm not gonna put that on display." I'm like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, no, that's not gonna happen." I'm like, "All right, all right, okay." But, uh, so to, no, no, not the bear much. I'm actually not gonna do that. Oh, really? Because I was I was starting to build some groundwork here. But okay, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll I'll take the cash in. So uh, so this is one I'm gonna I'm gonna put out there because it's already something that it's in the works. Okay. But uh, we haven't heard anything really about it, so I'm going to say, what would you do? Mm. Um, the Matrix. The, oh, The Matrix damn. franchise. So not just not just the, the trilogy, but also the Animatrix. Ooh, the Animatrix. So, yeah, so really you got to look at it as a whole. Okay. Okay, this could be interesting. So this is tough, because I love Keanu Reeves. So here's the other thing I'm going to ask you. All right, I'm just going to put that put this out there. All right. Do you think that the idea for the Matrix was the subconscious of uh, Lana and I can't remember uh, her sister's name of their subconscious telling them that you know what maybe you're not who you are hmm. supposed to be because that's what the whole Matrix is, right? It's the yeah. the world that has been you know right, put right. before your eyes to hide you from the real truth. Was that there was like you know, let me out, let me out. This is not a dance. You <laughs> I'm begging for help. I'm screaming for help. <laughs> that that maybe this was like they, them, like mm. you know, hey, you know, do you sometimes feel like the world isn't the way it's supposed to be? Yeah, and like the yes. whole idea of the matrix, basically them trying to come to terms with, you know, that maybe I'm not who I'm supposed to be. Uh, you know, I, I'll say I don't know on that one. It's been a long time since I've seen the matrix. Yeah, so. Just put it out there. So. I'll say right off the bat, I don't know who I would cast for a reboot on that. That's tough, because Keanu Reeves is very, very perfect for that role. Uh, I would have to I would have to do a long, hard search to find new talent as far as that goes. Uh, as far as the story, I can I can see reimagining the story a little bit. So the whole the whole thing with the Matrix is Neo being the one. He is a Christ figure. It's telling the Jesus story, mm-hmm. which you know I'm I'm very fond of uh, of franchises that tell the Jesus story. Superman. I, I like Superman. I like Superman telling the Jesus story. But I feel like the Matrix trilogy is a little bit imbalanced in how it approaches telling the Jesus story because Neo has an awakening and a realization of who he is by the first movie. And then the other two is like, what do I do in light of the fact that I am the one? Mm-hmm. So what I would want to do in rebooting that would be that this is him having to come to terms with that being his role. And so he's not going to accept his role 
as the one and step into this role as being the man in the white hat until the third movie. So it's going to be more of a traditional hero's journey, and it's going to require more character development on Neo's part. Okay. So, first movie, it would actually start off with him, uh, like, just basically establishing the world, and him being pulled out of the Matrix against his will, and... Toward, more towards the end of the movie, like it would be more like chases and fight scenes and stuff at the beginning of it, but then more towards the end of the movie, you have this realization of no, we we think you're the one, we think you're this fulfillment of prophecy, and he's not going to want to accept that, and he's gonna, you know, it's gonna be this thing of like, well, am I gonna take this? Am I gonna try to throw my life into upheaval by embracing this role and surging forward, or am I just going to go back in? So it's basically kind of pacing out the first movie and stretching that out over the three films. Uh, largely because I feel like the first movie is the strongest part of the story anyway, and the next two are a little bit weaker. Um, but then the second movie would be him having to come to grips with that and basically learning, fulfilling these roles, learning what powers he's really capable of. And then the third movie is when he embraces this is his destiny, he becomes the one, and then he goes on from there. So okay. that... Yeah, that that would be my approach. Again, I have no idea who I would who I would cast for this. Um, I maybe I just don't know enough actors. It could be interesting, uh, just assuming that it would be like a couple years down the road. But it would be interesting to see uh, Tom Holland in the role of Neo. Hmm. Okay. What What about your boyfriend Wolfhard? Because you remember the whole uh, the whole thing with hmm. um with the Matrix that um, Morpheus tells him we normally don't bring somebody out. You know that's so old, but yeah. you're special. Yeah. Okay. So they, to go along with your whole thing of like acceptance, he's too young. Yeah. To, yeah. to really accept, it's like it's you haven't seen Dogma, but it's the whole thing about Dogma when they tell a story of um, of you know Jesus accepting his role uh, in the in the world and what he's going to have to do and what's going to have to happen. He's like, right. you know, that's such a hard thing to put on the shoulders of a 13-year-old boy. Be yeah, like, oh, yeah. you're the savior of uh, of this entire universe, okay. of all the creation. And you're going to tell this, basically, in your your Christ figure there, the same thing. Right. Come with us. You, you're supposed to be the one that's going to save us. And yeah. it also kind of plays along with the whole thing from Spider-Man Far From Home when he's like, look, I just want to go to high school. I want right. to. I want to. You know, see if I if this girl is as interested in me as I am in her. I don't right, want to right. be a hero. Plus, I'm too young. Last time I was a hero, I had to watch my mentor die. Yeah. You know, yeah. And now you're telling me that you want me to take his place. I don't know shit about taking his place. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, the last conversation, the last three conversations we had before he died was, I'm taking away your suit because that like, you fucked up, and I want you to be better than me. Go home. You know. Uh, but you didn't go home. So now that you didn't go home, you know, I want, you know, then fine, stay here and do what I tell you to. But the whole reason I want you to go home is so that you didn't die. Right. And now you're dying in my arms. <laughs> right. And now you're telling me that I'm supposed to be the one to save the universe? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I say, you know, take your Finn Wolfhard guy mm -hmm. and basically take all of that stuff there and put that on his shoulders. That could be interesting. I think Finn Wolfhard would do really well in that role. And then on top of that, don't give him the option. You know, it's like, you know, Neo has the option, take the pill. If they right, grab right. him and they yank him out, and he's like, you pulled me out of it. I'm mm -hmm. going to go back. And they're like, you can't go back. Yeah, this is yeah. your new life. Accept it. I, I do like that. 
So imagine if if they go into like he plays alongside. We're gonna take you to go see the Oracle, and they plug in, and he runs off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be cool. And now they got to chase him through that while agents are chasing him too. And it's like he's not trained. You know, right, it's like he's right. not trained. We've got to give him shit about what's going on with it. So yeah, I I could I could kind of see that. Now the animatrix that would be a tough one. Um, the only thing I could see really doing super differently with that would be just like different animation teams. Okay, so let me ask you this. The Animatrix is basically stories in the Matrix that you know, you've never told, mm-hmm. heard before. Yeah, yeah. And they're all done by different um, animators. Yep. Who would your Who would just pick four animators to do to tell your tales? Mm, okay, Ralph Bakshi for sure. Wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, that would be interesting to see if Ralph Bakshi. Come on. Yeah, I, I like Bakshi way too much, and he he does a lot with like rotoscoping and stuff. Yes, so I can see him approaching it more like he did with Fire and Ice or Cool World, rather than doing some of like the extremely cartoony stuff. I think it would be really really interesting. Uh, so definitely him. Um, it's probably impossible because I don't think they're still around, but I would love to get the animation team for Akira to do a short for that. Mm, okay, I mean they they did beautiful work. And I'm not typically an anime guy, but that's, like, some of the most beautiful animation I've ever seen. So, definitely them. Uh, let's see. Who else? Mm. See, this is tough, because it's a very specific style. Uh, you know what? I almost want to say the guys who did Cowboy Bebop. Okay. And it's weird for me to be going for so much anime anime stuff, but... Like, there's, there's a certain level of grittiness and realism to the Animatrix that you kind of got to maintain. And something that really always stuck with me from Cowboy Bebop was from the movie, when they have that fight scene. Okay. And the way the camera's swaying when they're hitting each other, and, like, the way it, like, jerks and shakes when the hits connect. It's a really, really good fight scene. So, I, I could actually see bringing on uh, an animation team from there. And let's see, who else? I would, I would want... Hmm... Let's see who else. This could be tough. Um, the uh, the Amaji guys who did uh, TMNT. Okay. Yeah, I I like their animation style. They've got like this semi cartoony uh, style with like layers of realism on it, and uh, I like the way they handled the foot ninjas and the uh, and the ancient warriors too. So. So um, if I had to pick my, pick four. I would probably go with uh, I'd give Den- uh, Gendy Tartakovsky one. Okay. Oh yeah, should have forgot about him. Um, like I said, that the new the new series Primal. Yeah, yeah, Primal. I, I do I do have to show you that first episode because that is uh, again I, I told you if I ever meet Gendy Tartakovsky I'm gonna kick him in his fucking nuts, dude. That <laughs> first episode is so brutal, and I was like, I'm like, are you really trying? You just trying to break me down, dude? I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, God See, damn. He's going to hear this podcast, and he's going to like have like taken samurai training in preparation for Samurai Jack and just kick the shit out of you when he sees you. <laughs> Gendy Tartakovsky, isn't he like part Russian or something? So he probably... Oh, God, yeah. He was raised by cave bears. Yeah, I mean, he'd probably come me with like a lace cigarette with like a dart in it or something. <laughs> just like barbed wire. Um... So, oh yeah, just like barbed wire. <laughs> um, I would give, um, oh, let's see, uh, Wes Anderson. Mm. 
I would like to see a, what he would do with his stop motion stuff, yeah. like Isle of Dogs and uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh yeah, that would be interesting. That would be really interesting. Um, hmm. And me now, Miyazaki would be nice because mm. you wouldn't get a like a big, like epic, uh, like fight scene kind of thing. It would be just more introspective. Yeah, but I don't think that that would be something that would interest him. His his stuff is uh, a little too soft for the Matrix. Like he he does a lot of nature. But his work. I'm thinking that if you had a story, it's in the Matrix, where about someone who's in the Matrix, who you know, for you know whatever reason, like their life yeah. in the Matrix, is, to be knowing that they're in the Matrix. So what if you have someone that, that is a peaceful Miyazaki film? Well, so what if he has a story where here's a person that is in the Matrix, like they're outside the Matrix, they're they're on the Nebuchadnezzar, right? Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, they they jack in, and uh, their family is still there. Hmm. And like in he's like, oh, I've got a new job. I'm on the road all the time. But he jacks in to the Matrix and goes and spends time with them yeah. to see his family. So you have this whole story about this guy who's who's got one foot in the real world, one foot in the Matrix, but he can't rescue them. Right? Yeah. Okay. Right? So, and he can't tell them the truth. So the only thing he can do is just continue to try to spend time in both worlds until he can get them out. Yeah. And maybe he can't ever get them out. Hmm. And maybe. Maybe like they, they they tracked where his daughter was, and his daughter is um you know is in a in a uh, uh maybe maybe his both his wife and daughter whatever maybe that they are his daughter is like a, her body is uh, malformed so maybe she doesn't have arms or something like that but in the matrix she doesn't have any any limitations yeah yeah so it's like I'd be doing her a disservice if I pulled her out right if I pulled her out and made her live in this harsh environment that we're in. Like that. Why would I want to do that to her where she can live there and not know any of this? Hmm. And so it's like it's better for him to leave her there. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe, I keep saying him, maybe it would be a woman. Maybe it's better for her to leave her daughter or her son there mm-hmm. in that world than try to pull him out. And since she can't go back in permanently, like that's the only thing she can do. But she has to be like, you know, well, I've got to go away again. Um and of course, never knowing that you know if Squiddy's attack, whatever she could die, and they would never know what happened to her. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that'd be. I can see Miyazaki doing that story. Yeah. Yeah. That that I can actually see. So. All right, I um, like it. And who would your fourth be? Um. Hmm. That's um. I'm trying to think of animators like. Um. Uh, hmm. <laughs> Illumination. Hmm. No, I'm joking. I would. <laughs> I mean, I I like the spickle me and all stuff, but I like them for what they are. <laughs> I I'm not. Uh, uh, Neil, you have to remember there is no spoon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's like I take the blue pill. I take the. I sit on the toilet with the blue pill. Um. I got a coding for dummies book. I didn't like what you said. I don't know. That'd be a tough one. Um, uh, just because I'm looking at it right now, I think I would... Uh, oh, Paul Dini. Hmm. Refresh me on some of what he did. Uh, uh, the, Paul, the team of Paul Dini and Bruce Tim. Oh, shit, yeah. Ooh, that would be good. Yep. So, uh, so uh, 
and I would do this. I would do this with the Matrix. If I was going to do it, new, you know, the whole thing, a new Neo, all that stuff. But when Neo gets to the Architect, okay, we reveal the Architect. It's Neo. It's Keanu Reeves, <laughs> and he's like, okay, now you've got to make the choice. You've got to. Um, You've got to, you know, pick who the next Neo is. And he's like, what? He's like, look, I used to be Neo. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. There's nothing outside of the Matrix. Wow. The world is gone. There's there's no way we can bring the world back. The, there's like, the machines, when they tried to kill us and they killed the world, they killed the world. Yeah. It's dead. If we were to free everyone from the Matrix, they would all just die. Hmm. And because there's nothing that you can't grow on your food, it, it's it's just gone. So because there's no animals, because if all the people die, there's no animals there. Oh yeah, you yeah. might have like some some like roaches or microbes or whatever, but you don't have any of the things that you're gonna need to really repopulate or take over the world if it's right. if it's completely gone. What are they gonna eat? Yeah, yeah. So he's like, this is really the only way for humanity to live is within the matrix. Huh. I found that out, and so now. That's what I'm doing here is I'm just keeping the matrix going and keeping everybody else alive because without that, there's nothing. Yeah, and what I can see with that is like after it ends, then you show who the next Neo is going to be. And like he's working in the same job and he sees like the woman with the rabbit. So I could I could see that working. The only thing though is that that kind of reminds oh. me a bit of Snowpiercer. So I haven't seen Snowpiercer. Uh, it's good. But I was going to say... And the thing is, with the next with the next Neo, is he's sitting there at his job, and he looks over at a picture of his girlfriend. Um, and you see a picture of his girlfriend. He looks over at it, and he does like a double take because it's not his girlfriend. It's a picture of the of the girlfriend <laughs> from the last Neo. And he yeah. looks back, and it's back to his girlfriend again. It's just like and then he looks Whoa. back, and it's that picture of Nick Cage from Con Air with the wind blowing through his hair. <laughs> it's like, ah, there we I was, go. I was like thinking of the one from uh, <laughs> from Vampire's Kiss. Oh yeah. <sighs> oh. <laughs> You know, but you know, just like he's in the first one, and he says, uh, he's like, yeah, whoa, deja vu, right? And like, <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. like a glitch, in a glitch in the matrix. So it kind of saying that, you know, maybe something's not quite right. If you, it's like you're the new Neo, but the previous one left something behind for yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. So that when okay. that, that was start off your second movie where he's, he's like, he's picking up his like, but things aren't completely, uh, like rebooted. Yeah. Or restarted from the last one. There's something different there. And it's like, it's your job to figure out why. Yeah. And I think in my reboot, um, I would probably do, like, a little bit less, like, extremely mechanical uh, squiddies. Like, you know, they, they've got all the, the gears and seams and bolts and stuff. They're very, very mechanical looking. I would almost go with something a little slicker and smoother, like, kind of a Titan IE sort of feel. So, like, really, really smooth, like, almost liquid kind of metal. Mm. To, to sort of make them a little more perfect seeming. Uh, so sort of like iRobot, where it's just like all this super smooth and like articulated faces and stuff. I think that would make them a bit creepier. You know what I would do? Hmm. Um. Huh. Uh, sorry, I, I just, uh, just to tell people no, because I've like, hmm. Um, we're watching, uh, what's come on now is uh, was High Spirits. Yeah, yeah. High Spirits. And in the credits for it, it said production design by Anton First. And I was like, oh, Anton First. It's like, okay, that's interesting. Because I haven't heard that name. I think he died, actually, uh, got years and years ago. 
Anton First was the guy that designed the look of Gotham City for the first uh, Tim Burton Batman movie. Oh, nice. And they actually did some Batman comic books back then. Wow. Um, with the covers of like some of his production art and stuff, the Anton First things. Yeah. And and he, apparently he did some of the production design for High Spirits here. And I was like, oh, cool. Because I really <laughs> hadn't heard his name. I only ever associated his name with the first Batman movie. Yeah. But, um, and then Anton Second took over for the second Batman movie. He did. What is with people tucking their fucking ties in the front of their pants? That's an old man thing, man. God. Pisses me off. I just want to grab these people and shake them. Um, Sorry. No, I was going to say, um, is I would tie the squiddies to, um, like, so the squiddies are just like the agents, right? Right, right. They're all connected to a particular person in the real world. Hmm. So every time you destroy a squiddy, you're actually killing a person in the real world. Huh. Okay. Because that person... That individual powers that part of the mm-hmm. matrix, that program. If you die in the game, you die in real life. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, and you don't know. You don't know, like, who's tied to the squiddy. So, oh, maybe the next person you, you want to rescue. Oh, you can't now. Because remember, you decided to save your crew and kill that squiddy. Oh, and now you, now you kill the next Neo. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that could be fun. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, so we've been going for, like, an hour and a half. Yeah. So, not, not too bad. Um... Uh, I was I was afraid that we would hit a wall with these and not be able to actually come up with good ideas, but I think we've actually got some really solid ideas here. Yeah. So uh, we can uh, we can actually be like Hollywood filmmakers. Yeah. Hey Hollywood, if you need to hire some consultants, then uh, you you know the guys to to contact here. That's right. You yeah. actually like think that rebooting a franchise is a good idea, and you just insist. We can do that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just these are just things that we came up well off the top of our heads. So, um, yeah, imagine if we actually had time to really look into it and be like, "Oh, hey, what could we really do?" <laughs> this. See, at this point, I feel like this is like uh, giving the music producer your mixtape at some party. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Now here, here's my mixtape. Yeah. Like, oh, thanks. As we we just we just created our Hollywood movie mixtape, right? <laughs> It's like, yeah, no, here's here's some of my uh, some of my pitches if you want to read those. Like, oh yeah, thanks. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't have to give it back to me or anything. I mean, it's it's a copy. You, you can have it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, uh, I'll read it. I'll read it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just uh, my phone number's in there. If you just want to, like, you know, call, call me, let me know what you think of it. Yeah, yeah, I will. Th- thanks. Hmm. Okay. I mean, just don't 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 think that you're taking everyone's <laughs> copy. I mean. <laughs> It's it's your copy. I printed it just for you. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it's, it's okay if you lose the first page because I actually put a name and phone number and everything on every page of the script, so it's good. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, I see that. You you really did. Okay, and um, just... and I actually printed the script front and back. So <laughs> so like if you were to flip it over, it starts all. It's, it's like the the first page of page one is like the back of the other one. So if you lose some of the pages, you just flip to the back of the book and you can start all over again. <laughs> Yeah, wow, you, you really thought of everything. I'm just going to put this in my uh, in my briefcase here. Okay, so there, see? It's in my briefcase. Okay. I think you'll be able to call me this weekend, maybe? Let me just think. Yeah. You just, just just let me know, you know, that um, you know that, 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 that you got it. You know, I mean, I know, I know I handed it to you. You, you have it. But, you know, just to, you know, just to, just to you know, make sure that, that you got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I will. I will. <laughs> All right, so... Um, I would love to be that person just once. <laughs> Just once, just to put them on the spot. <laughs> no, you know, you know what, you know what. Um, 
Um, I know you're kind of like a really busy guy. You're probably really busy, right? Um, no, 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 you're not. Well, like, hey, let me just read some of it to you. I can do the voices really well. You know, it's like, uh, I'll just read a little bit to you. That way you can get, 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 get you started. Like, 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 a, like a trailer. Like a, like a trailer for the script that you're going to read. You know, I, I'm kind of thinking Sam Jackson for this role. You, know, you, th- you think you can get him? You know, you, you got his agent's number? Okay. <laughs> Well, and I and I actually actually I, I gave um I gave I gave gave him a copy um as I saw him the well I, I saw a guy that looked like him and I was like you know what I'm gonna it, it might not be him because you know he might have been filming a movie and been in makeup um so so but I gave it to him anyway just in case you never know right it's Hollywood it's Hollywood or what they call Holly weird <laughs> yeah yeah no I'm going to San Diego Comic Con gonna hand out some copies of these so uh, you know. So yeah, um, um, yeah. Can't wait for you to call. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, and I have a call waiting. It, I have a call waiting. I mean, this um, is my cell phone number, so you know, I have it on all the time. You know, I'm, I'm thinking maybe we can get Rick Moranis for this role. You know, I know he's, I know he's been retired since like the '90s, but yeah, I think it'd be a good role for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just what's what you know? What we need to bring him back. <laughs> oh God. Okay. <laughs> so. Well, anyway, thanks everybody for uh, for giving us a listen. Hopefully, you liked our reboots. Um, and and you know the 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 I, the chances of Hollywood actually calling and saying, "Hey, we we actually somehow stumbled upon your podcast. We really <laughs> like these ideas, and we want you to make these movies." The chances of that happening are you know slim to none. So if you guys really liked it. Let us know. Akomi will will write the fan fiction for all of our ideas. Oh yeah, totally. And we'll just we'll post them on our website. <laughs> Yep, I'll uh, I'll get right on that. Um, I'll, I'll start a Patreon for it. If you guys really need this to happen, just uh, yeah, I'll I'll hit you up with a Patreon. And we'll swing it that way. Anyways, yeah. So uh, be sure to check this out this guy's name is Ray Ray McAnally. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the guy's name. His name is Ray McAnally. <laughs> wow. Just. Uh... Wow. I, okay. you know, actually, that's not even his real name. He actually had his name changed. His first name was Ram. <laughs> Ram McAnally. <laughs> Ram McAnally. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, anyways, yeah. So, catch your folks later. Bye, everyone. All right there, folks. That was... Our moms think we're funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand.